in obedience. He said, Dad, I will go. So he carried the meal for 12 hefty men, or 11, thereabout. And while he was going, he got to a point in that journey of life, and he couldn't find his brethren. And he was there in the center of nothing, looking to the right, to the left, trying to find his bearing. He turned around, and I guess he must have shouted. He must have called. He must have yelled. He must have mentioned the names of these brethren, one after the other. But there was no answer. And while in that wilderness, someone appeared. And when he saw him, I guess he first took that man for one of the people he was looking for. Only to find out that that wasn't the man. And not one of them. And so the man said, what seeketh thou? Because for him to have been in that place all alone by himself and most likely with one heavy thing on his head, he said, what seeketh thou? And he said, I seek my brethren. And the man said, sorry, this is not where they are. I'm not also too sure where they will be by now, but I overheard them. When they were discussing, they didn't invite me to that discussion, but I eavesdropped. And I heard that they were heading for Dotan. If you can try and check them over there, you will see them. The name of that man was not mentioned in the Bible. The scripture just said, a certain man. And that was my story. At first degree, second degree, and I was running my PhD, but there was nothing happening around my life. I was into ministry and uh, with all of my soul, spirit, and body. But nothing was happening. I was in the wilderness of confusion, not knowing exactly what to be done. And that was when a certain man, in the person of Pastor Bankoli Akimola, appeared. He appeared, it was a dramatic way. He was to come and minister or share, or preach, or teach at Alakis Palace, Abeokuta, in Ogun State. He had forgotten, or he may have forgotten. Alakis Palace. I read anthropology, sociology anthropology, first degree, then anthropology, second degree. And then I was teaching at the school. Most of them in the school, only the students, at least they were... You know, you go there, you talk to them and things like that. There was no relationship, big relationship, close relationship as it were, with him. And then I received a call. The pastor bank was supposed to be at social place. But because you read anthropology, will you be able to marry anthropology with missions? And put the two together and then we take you to Alakis Palace. Then Elizabeth. Sister Claire, or Minister Claire, where are That was a long time. I said, Alakis Palace. They said, yes. Well, I quickly remembered my dream because once upon a time, things were, I was just somewhere, and everybody was sitting, they were sitting in the front, sitting in the front, I was at the back. Then I just became a Christian. And the Lord said, it doesn't matter what you are going through now. I'm going to make you to sit among the princes. Amen. So when I had a lucky palace, I said, well, this thing is coming true. 
And that was how I agreed. They said, you need to prepare your paper. And then money was uh, very scarce and difficult. Maybe not for everybody, but then for me. <laughs> and so when they told me to go and prepare, and they gave me 10,000 naira to go and prepare a paper. Even professor don't receive that. As at that time, I collected it. I said, what? Just one paper? <laughs> Within hours, I finished, because you have to go and show them again. Elizabeth will read through and through. I went there, gave the thing, read it, said, this is good. They dotted the T's and uh, whatever, I mean, cut their eyes and then dotted the T's. And I said, okay, I was good to go. So they picked me. That was very cool. About four. Because we don't travel. When work for Nigeria, don't travel just anyhow. <laughs> when you hit anywhere, they know you have come from one at least. <laughs> for all of us, they got there. And I delivered a message titled Church, the Cold War, Church versus Missions. The Cold War. And that was the message that was sent to him. He read it. He said, Go and get that guy. Go and get him. He didn't know where I was. He didn't know what I was doing. He didn't know what situation. I, I, I found myself at that time. He said, go and get him. Um, get him on board. Get him on board. So I was ready to even come on board. They were begging me to come in. <laughs> and that was when I was making a decision either to go and lecture University of Ife or to remain a ministry person. And I told God, if you don't answer by May the 3rd, Adewale will be on his way to the uh, Faculty of Administration, University of Fife. I already worked the plan out. I've gone there myself, and I told God I was not going to wait to rot until, if you answer me before this day, fine. If you don't answer, you will call me out of that university. <laughs> and miraculously, when they gave me letter of appointment, it was that I should come to start on the mid third. May 3rd, year 2000. I was shocked. Because I gave God, and God said, oh, no, this is May 3rd. <laughs> and then, that redirected my mind back to full focus ministry. And I have no regrets ever since. I have no regrets ever since. And something that happened after that, just as I started, I was living somewhere close to the bush. And that was why um, uh, Minister Rene, who called me Bush, only God delivered me when Bush became the president of Africa, America. <laughs> she was calling me Bush, Bush. When God will, wants to promote you, he will bring certain things across your way. Yes. Just about three weeks when I started, arm robbers came struck in my house. I don't know for what reason. And then they stole so many things from other places, but there was nothing really to steal from my own side. Because almost everything that was there were all old, archaic, and um, outdated. So the, the, the arm robber entered. I said, open the door. I said, open it yourself. <laughs> because as at that time, I don't even need to lock the door. What, what will they steal? Open it yourself and come in. He said, we are the big boys. I said, I know by your voice. Come in. <laughs> so he entered my bedroom. And my bedroom was just like a football field. Because there were, you wouldn't have any problem. Because the only thing on ground was the phone. <laughs> so he said, where is the man? I said, this is me. Somebody who... I've not even received the first salary. So the old life was still there. Poverty was just all around. And titles without entitlement. First degree, second degree. Certificates that were not satisfying me. Laminated testimonials. Yet no testimonies. And the armor of us came and then said, Go to your city room. We got to the room. Look and look and look. It's a car. It's a boy. And they answered it. So let's get out of here. <laughs> there was nothing to pay. Because almost everything around me then was not working. The fridge wasn't working. The television wasn't working. 
And even that fridge was very big, mighty like this. It was a dash from somebody who won a lot from IITA. And he got two lots and then they gave him the two. I, and so he was looking for where to go and dump one. Because when you win such a thing, you have to go and repair it. So he brought it to my place and it was not repaired. And for two years it was there. Something that was supposed to give you maybe like a milk color or white. The thing turned brown after four years. I was owing electricity bill. I don't know how to convert it right now. But just about 1,300 naira. I couldn't pay for one year. That was small money. I couldn't pay. So I was in blackout. So the fridge didn't work. We had only one son with my wife then. And um, called David. When he returned from school, he would just go straight to the fridge, open the thing, remove his uh, bag and throw it inside, <laughs> remove his shoe, throw it inside, remove uh, his book and put it inside. And, and you can't blame him. Because the fridge was already assuming the color of the wardrobe in her mother's room. And he saw those steps there, so what is it? Because in, there was no day we brought water out of that fridge since he was born. At this time, this boy was four years. That was the life I was living with all those certificates. With all those testimonials. And I was wondering what, what was going on because I was a good Christian. You don't need to praise yourself, but I know I was good. Oh yes, when you are good, you know. And when you missed it, you also know. But grace of God was quite, quite often I'm not listening what. I couldn't just figure it out. At times I'll be singing, oh one more inquam. Yebe ye would deny yebe ye wa ye. Then I'll be weeping. Shedding tears. Oh yeah, me too, for because I was in Ghana for a while for, for missions. <laughs> for missions. And then I got that song there. And the meaning of that song is, Oh Lord my God, I will praise you. Either I'm alive or I'm dead. Or I'm, I'm, either I'm alive, dead or live, I will still praise you. So once I got to that point, I don't know what to do. I just keep singing because my wife didn't understand. None of them understood. So I will just sing it. And while singing, I'll be said, wiping away tears. But you know what? There is something I have learned about life. When the enemy put a full stop in your life, and they thought they had stopped you. Don't give up. Amen. I beg you, please, don't give up. You know what? All that it will take God to change that is nothing but to just put another full stop under the full stop of the enemy. And when full stop comes under another full stop, it becomes a colon. And, and, and out. <laughs> Hallelujah. And after a colon, you still have a lot. And this is the life after the divine colon. I give praise to him. I give praise to the almighty God. Only him could have done this. Because while you were ministering on Friday, and you said, is it your certificate that got you there? Is it your this? Oh, I was there because I knew they were calling me doctor. And I couldn't doctor ordinary pomon inside soup. <laughs> I couldn't. My mother-in-law came to visit us. Good looking, fair. And you know when your mother-in-laws come to visit you in Nigeria, they will bring food stops. Yam, this, that. In one week, we finished everything the woman brought. <laughs> because the team met on the land. We finished it. And she needed just 700 naira to go back. And that's nothing. I couldn't raise it in three weeks. The woman stayed for one month. If she stayed one month and eating well, it would have been better. But there was this hunger that struck one day. And the woman was shaking. 
I said, Mommy, do you have malaria? He said, No malaria, it's hunger. <laughs> it's not malaria, A B. I said, I see you shivering. He said, Yes. You are catching cold? He said, It's not cold. I said, But what is it? He said, I'm not eating. And after a month, my brother-in-law appeared. The younger, the younger one to my wife. And then I, when I saw him, I said, oh, brother, you're welcome. He said, yes. I said, I have no problem. He said, there's no problem. How is that? That is fine. He said, that is, I should go and, I should go and bring mama. <laughs> that is it. I should go and bring inside of my heart. I said, thank God they delivered this woman from Adewale's detention. <laughs> because she was just in the detention. It was in the midst of that that Pastor Bank came into my life. And since I joined, since we met, since by the special grace of God, such time had never been and it will never be. I want to put your hands together and celebrate the grace of God that we have in the house. Oh, we bless God. We bless God for this man. Hallelujah. Well, in my journey, at times your hands may slide, your foot may slip, but my heart has been fixed. I thank God and I thank you. Thank you so much. I'm grateful. Now, within the time that I have, I want to appreciate God. He already told you my friend is one of us here. And I thank God for his life. I was better. But he was rougher. (laughs) We were three. But he was the most brilliant among the three of us. Very brilliant. But it was the most troublesome too. <laughs> so we wonder how he was so brilliant in school even when he was troublesome. And some who don't understand would join him jumping up and down. Only at the end of the day he will be first or second and they'll be calling some of us from uh, 18th and the 24th position. <laughs> But we bless God today. Either with 18 or 24 position and his first position, we are together in work fun. <laughs> and that's Pastor Goodness. And my dear mommy, you are there. God bless you in Jesus' name. It was a bit better for them in their own family and serve and family uh, than mine. And so when I found it rough in my place, I run to that place. And the Gary and other things that Mama will leave before going to school to teach will be finished before she returned and she'll be talking. And since my friend will also run out of the house. Before you know what's happening, the Mama and mine don't cool down. So when I saw her over there, I said, oh, thank you, Mommy, for taking care of us. Now we are big boys. We'll take care of you too. <laughs> thank you, Ma. Praise God. This altar, where I stand, it's an exalted one. I need not be told because I know. But today, you will just permit me to share the word of God with you. When we were younger, when we were babies, once our father comes back from office, you walk to his shoes. And then, at the age of five, you slot yourself inside the shoe. Put it inside. It's an oversized thing. And um, quite often, they know they'll be telling you, don't follow, that's what he came to do here. Don't follow, just... 
Just and then it won't remove from your and then you'll be dragging it. You'll be dragging it. You'll be dragging it. But the young shall grow. And um, as I drag it, understand that I'm wearing a big, a bigger shoe than my than my feet. But I still trust that I won't fall in it. Amen. Praise God. Jeremiah chapter number one. Jeremiah chapter number one. I read verses four through to seven, then jump to ten to twelve. The word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. And I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. And I said, and then said I, Ha, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child. But the Lord said unto me, Say not, I am a child, for thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee, and whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. Verses 10 to 12. See, I have this day set thee over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down and to destroy and to throw down, to build. And to plant. Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Jeremiah, what seest thou? And I said, I see a rod of an almond tree. Then said the Lord unto me, Thou hast well seen, for I will hasten my word. To perform it. I'm sharing with us this morning a topic I titled, a message I titled, The Force of Vision in Destiny Fulfillment. The Force of Vision. What you see in fulfilling your destiny. You see, destiny can be defined as the sum total of what God had ordained a man or a woman to become or to achieve on the surface of the earth. That is destiny. What God ordained you to become, what God had ordained you to achieve here on earth. However, you and I know that it is not everyone that lives that are lived to fulfill their destiny. Some destinies were mutilated. Some truncated. Some were totally buried. Some destinies were exchanged. Some were totally vandalized. And therefore, it is not just that God tells you this is what you will become. Becoming it is another issue. But as many as the Lord has spoken to, as many as God has called to come and fulfill something on the surface of the earth, you will fulfill it in the name of Jesus Christ. Why is it that it's not everyone that came who has good something to come and offer that got it offered eventually? Why? In Psalm 82, verse number 5, the Bible says, They know not, neither will they understand. They keep walking on in darkness until their destiny gets out of course. They know not, neither do they understand. They keep walking on in ignorance, they keep walking on in darkness. Until their lives get out of order. 
There is something, an element that, rule the, that rules the world. And that element is force. That element is what? That is the power that rules the universe. No wonder the Bible says, if you go with me to the book of Luke chapter number 12, verse number 32. Luke 12, 32. The Bible says, fear not, little flock. Fear not, my son. Fear not, my daughter. Fear not, little flock. For it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. And the kingdom here is not talking about getting to the, to the kingdom of going to heaven. It's talking about every good thing that the kingdom can offer you. Every good thing that you can get out of the kingdom of God. He said, it will give him pleasure to place it in your hand. Just like gives me pleasure when you daughter ask me anything. That David I told you now by the grace of God is a, is a graduate. Graduate. <laughs> And the one I'm, the, my daughter, the only daughter, I cherish her like anything. I don't know what I give to her that I will ever think. I don't know what she will ask me and I will give and ever listen. I, I don't even feel the cost. Just, and the Bible says it gives him pleasure. When she tells me, in the, she's in university, university of now, if she tells me that I need something like this, I don't even think. I don't even consider whether I have money to get it done or not. I just tell her it's done. Once the thing is all right, she won't ask me anything stupid. It's done. And when I drive, I carry the thing in my car. I, when I'm giving it to her, there is one pleasure in me. There is one joy. There is, I, I feel good. And if we ordinary human beings feel that good when we're doing that for our children, how much more? The Bible says it is your father's good pleasure. Yes. Hey, to give you whatsoever it is that the kingdom can give, no matter how big it is. Hallelujah. But you also know that as benevolent as that promise is, we are not close to that. As benevolent, as, as open as that check seems. We, most of us, we're not close to that. And we wonder why. And Jesus didn't let us go too fast searching. He said, from the day of John the Baptist until 2016. The kingdom of heaven that we're talking about. And every good thing that is inside. Sovereign. Requires violence. And the violence takes it. Force. The only way you can assess those great and wonderful things is when force is applied. Said Jesus. And not only Jesus, also corroborated by scientists. And they said that everything, everything is in a state of rest. I wasn't a good science student. And you know I read sociology and anthropology. And that was because I was dodging mathematics. <laughs> I was dodging mathematics. I was not knowing that I was going to meet it in Echo 102. <laughs> and I carried that one over twice. <laughs> I carried it over twice. Because while I was in secondary school, I had no, no best subject. History, my best subject is my I had none. I don't know what, what was wrong with me from year one. Oh, sorry, primary school, I was okay. Um, but year one, I was all right, secondary school. But year two, I didn't know what went wrong. I just I couldn't figure it out. I hate all subjects French, English, geography, all. Mathematics was the worst. And when I finished secondary school, some people passed out of their own secondary school. Me, I failed out. I failed eight subjects 
out of nine. F. F. <laughs> you know what? I passed one. <laughs> I passed one. And that one was fine art. Was fine art. Drawing. And you know why? I, it was later, I guess, the reason why I was able to pass fine art. Because that was the only subject that they would put the answer before you. <laughs> copy it and copy it well. If you can just copy that thing well, they will give you your good mark. That was the only subject I passed. If not for God. And the Bible says, when God turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream and dream. So when they said Dr. Adewale, I said, ah, this if you don't know the story of this doctor. <laughs> Hallelujah. The Bible says, look, look, there is nothing that we can achieve if force is not applied. Everything. Physical, spiritual. He said everything remains in the state. Your business remains in the sense of rest. Until some kind of force is applied. Your finances remain in a state of rest. Until some... If this thing is here, the next 10 years to be here, except somebody moves it. And if that force is not applied, it remains there, there in situ. And because we're talking about destiny, there are four forces that rule destiny. And I'm talking about one today. Because of our time. I know I'm just, this is my first introduction. I will come and come and come again. Amen. Hallelujah. Number one is the force, the force of the world. The force of the world. And when he talked about Joseph, he said his word found him. And then kings sent for him. Number two, the force of prayer. The Bible says Peter was kept in prison, but prayer, we are not going there. And the third one is the force of prophecy. He was brought into the midst of um, a dry bone. And uh, we're looking, what am I going to do to get this done? And God said, prophesy, son of man, leave that alone for another day. Now, the last one is the, vo- the force of vision. The force of what? vision. That's the one we just look at quickly. In the midst of how my life was going, I was having some dreams. And those dreams were positive dreams. See myself in good places, nice places, and then I was a truck pusher. Offloading and loading trucks. Of loading and loading rice, of loading and loading cement, working with bricklayers, some people call them messy, as servants. That I did for many years. I left that one, I went into bakery, assisting people because when you failed out of school, the next thing is just make life happen the way you can make it happen. So I became a garage boy, a motor park boy. I graduated becoming a child. Political riots in uh, Ondo State 1983, we were there. <laughs> Burning houses, destroying things. And they gave me a nickname, Bulldog. That wasn't a name for a nice person, you know. Some were called being called Jasper. They say, what's your name? You say, my, 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 your alias. Alias Jasper. Alias Ajasko. Alias. My own was Bulldog. They gave it to me. Because I was wild. Terrible. There is no way you will go that kind of life and you will not be wild because the kind of people you meet. I all hope that I will ever go back to school was lost. So I was just following trucks here and there. Two weeks I will not be home and nobody will ask for me. Yeah, because 
if, if being home was a problem to them. So once you are out, they have peace. So why looking for trouble when he's already gone? My father was brushing his teeth in the front of our house one early morning and I was standing by. And each time I stood by him, he knew I was trying to figure out one evil. And he said, Ghani, say yes. What next again? He said, I don't know why anything good they don't find your name. It is where they are fighting, where they are throwing this, where they are throwing. And my best music then was Bob Marley, African Limberry, Zimbabwe, Yora, Yora, Yora. We must fight. We have to fight. We're going to fight. Fight for our right. Nati Jobitina, Zimbabwe, African Limberry. That was the only one that I'll be singing. I'll be doing like looking, calculating. We're nice to strike. See, but there is a God. There is a God. The Bible says Christ in you is the hope of glory. Where would people like us have been if not for Christ? If not for Christ, I give him praise. So when they were singing and I saw those things, uh, the lyrics, I was happy. I was just singing Jesus, just singing Jesus. I appreciate him. Because I, was, I came from a Muslim background. But I all of that couldn't save me. All the five time praying couldn't save me. But Jesus just came and just like that, and just like that, just like that, just like that, just like that, just like that. And it was like a joke. I only found out that I couldn't do all the nonsense I was doing before. In fact, they were irritating to me. They were irritating to me. Oh, I, I, oh, you want? I, I was walking somewhere and one man saw me. He said, Oh, I have an hotel. Don't stay here making cement. That you're looking bad. But you're a good person. Oh, yeah, f- follow me. I got to the hotel, Dumakava Motel. I got to the place. And the first assignment was that immediately I got there, the woman said they were pounding yam. And so they wanted me to help pounding the yam for the people. For the hotel, it's okay. But you know what? I've carried weight for many years. I've carried cement, carried flour, carried all of that. So I got enough strength and energy. Built my muscle. And so I wanted to impress the woman. So she put the first, put the yam. I said, no, put more. Mama, put more. Put more. She packed all the yam. If I had known what would happen later, I would have allowed her to just put the first two. I said, put more, put more. They gave me the pencil. Carry. Pour the first time. Pour the third time. The motor just created you. <laughs> the woman said, Hello, Mama, who brought this one here? Who brought this one here? He said, he said You have wasted my yam now. What's wrong with you? I said, Mommy, I'm just trying to impress you. He said, Impress who? I'm just trying to impress you. That was how they sacked me. I was sacked without letter. Say go. So when the man who brought me came, after three days he see me. So he, he said, "What happened to that guy?" And the wife said, "That boy, he broke my mother. He just destroyed it." So I don't know what is that. The man said, "You don't send him away. All you need to do is to put him in another department where." He will function better. And so they went to put me in bar. You say her too. And that was where everything anybody drank, once it remains, that becomes mine. If you drink stout, I will pour the remaining. Drink beer, I will pour the remaining. If you anything. So my own drink was inside one jar. And when they tell you what are you drinking, I can't just figure it out. It was all concussion. And when you take that kind of a thing, you can't reason well. You will be completely out of this world. And that I did for almost one year. Only God had. Because most of the time, I will move for almost an hour. And 
because I will just find myself that I left this place, but I will not know when I get to the next place. And that next place is about five kilometers away, seven kilometers away. How I manage not to be hit by, by cars, I just don't know. And at times, I will hold my tie like this, and I will thought I was weeing, and I'll be wooing the body. But Jesus Christ saw all of that. He still walked up to me. And that's why there's nothing anybody can tell me today. He saw all of those nonsense. Because I was not looking for him at all. He saw all of those and he still walked up to me. He said, I love you. Is it now that he will not love me because I sneeze? Just ex. I say, oh, Jesus, I left you. If he died, ah, bah. Oh, no. No. Leave, leave that alone. Hallelujah. Now, in conclusion, the power of vision to fulfilling your destiny is key. Because, with, like I said, with all of this, I was still seeing myself inside the airplane. As poor as I was, I saw myself counting dollars. And I have some in my pocket now. You understand? Then he didn't look like it. But I'm seeing it. I saw myself inside the airplane. The, 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 the closest you then we went to aeroplane was something small like this. Smaller than the birds. Because it was just way back in the sky. Nothing close. But I was seeing it. And I was telling people, I saw myself inside the airplane. I saw myself inside the airplane. And they would be making just of me. Because I was tattered. I was, there was nothing on me. Poor. I'll tell them, I saw myself among the white. I, I went to Louisville. I went to America. I went, they would be laughing at me. Because there was nothing academically that would show that this one will ever travel in life. If you pass only final, and the second time I sat again to do the exam, I failed the final again. <laughs> I don't know what went wrong. Failed it. But this is this. When whatsoever, listen to this. I said there is a strong connection between what you see and what you become. And God can only go with you as far as you can see. This underscores the power of what? Of vision. Imagine provision. One day God gave me that. He said provision. That is to say, whatever is provided is as a result of what you see. Provision. It's pro your vision. Whatever that you have is as a result of what you are seeing. And until you see right, you can't get it right. Until you see right. And until you focus right, you will always get it wrong. If you check your Bible, one common word of, that you find is behold, behold, behold. Behold means see. Open your eyes. Don't just look. Because there are times we're looking at something and we see nothing. See, behold. God told Abraham, chapter 13, I will do this for you, I will bless you, you will be great, you will be this, you will be... That's the chapter 13 of um, Genesis, verse number 14. God promised. He said he was going to bless him. Uh, I, you know, from you, the, all the nations of the earth will be blessed, and all of that. Move to verse 15, say the same thing. And then in chapter number 15, Abraham came to God. Please go to that chapter 15, Genesis. He came to God. He said, oh God. Yes. Let's go to 15, please. Because of our time. Genesis 15, verse number 2. God bless you. He came to God, and he said, God. And Abraham said, Lord God, what will thou give me? Imagine all that God said. All that the kingdom had already given to him. He had not assessed it. Why? He says, see, I go childless. 
what he was seeing was childlessness. And so as long as he keeps seeing childlessness, he can't have children. He said, I was all I'll see. Childlessness. I said, God. And I guess God said, must have put that on his head if he was from Nigeria. He said, hey! Abraham! You want to spoil my program and agenda for your life? What else do you want from chapter 12? You hear what I told you in chapter 12? And you even pay the sacrifice. I don't have problem with that. But with your, no matter what you give, no matter what, if you are not seeing well, you're giving women nothing to me. I accepted your offering, but I'm, I'm not accepting what you are seeing. Because what you see will handicap me. What you see will, will limit what I can do. I would advise that you change what you say. And the guy, the dude was still sitting there. And God said, no, you won't, you, you won't make me a liar here. He went and held his head in verse number five. What did he do? Verse number five, please. <laughs> and God went to Abraham and held him by his head. said, don't spoil my agenda for your life. Brought him out. And he said, no, look. Even looking here and there, but look, look right now, look right. He said, Look now towards where heaven you've been looking towards your uncle, you've been looking towards your doctor, you've been looking towards your aunt, you've been looking towards your cousin, you've been looking towards your nephew, you've been looking towards everybody, you've been looking towards that man. But please look towards heaven, you're looking too much on Sarah. Sarah, why are you so callous in your womb? Why is it that you are not producing? Why is it that you are not giving me children? Sarah! But I got God changed your name, Sarah. And God said, you know, as long as you keep looking at Sarah, you won't get it. You will not get it. Sarah! What did the doctor say today? Sarah, won't you go for checkup? Sarah! And he told Sarah all of this. And God said, oh, is this Sarah that promised you? Why not shift? No, no, no. You've looked at so many things. He brought him out. He said, now, look towards heaven. That is it. Look up and tell this house. Because if you don't have a pictorial picture of what I want to do for you in your mind, you can get it. Paint a picture right now. Look up there. And he looked up. He said, what do you see? He says, I sister. He begin to count. Is a one, two, three, four. Sorry, sir. I lost count. Count again. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Uh, uh, sorry, sir. One I've entered. Is a count again. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eighty-two. Excuse me, sorry, sir. It, it, it has entered. It's a count again. It's a, excuse me. I lost count. I lost. It says, so shall I see. It's a people will count the numbers of your children and they will not be able to number them. He said, now, are you, are you okay? He said, yes. He said, no. You people like you need to be taught lesson. Come here. And he brought him to the seashore. So you were counting stars that was, that was even countable. Oh yeah, count this one. Ha, he said, he said, sorry, sir. I said, no. Bend down, count. Bend down. And while he was going, he said, he said, he said, it's difficult, sir. I can't count this one. Why? He said, because you're just so. He said, so. Shall I see thee, my God? And that dawned on him. The next thing, he just went and made a sacrifice. Appreciate God. Appreciate him. Appreciate him. And you know, God just appeared in chapter number 18. He said, where is Sarah, thy wife? And that was the end of that story. Brethren, when you see right, you get it right. By the grace of God, almost everything I was seeing in the dream then had already come to pass. Amen. I was seeing myself inside car with powerful AC. If I'd never ridden any till I came here, goodness brought one. <laughs> if I've never gone in any car that had AC, Papa got one, brought one. More so. And you know what? To God be the glory. I have been so blessed by God that all of those things, all of 
those things that were as if when will I get them? I have them in abundance now. God is faithful. One thing is keep your focus right. He told that man, he said, Jeremiah, look at all that I've proposed to do for you. I have them in plan. I have them in stock. Oh, yes. But they were not coming to pass. And God came unto him. He said, Jeremiah, what seeth thou? <laughs> and Jeremiah said, Oh, I can see a tree of an almond tree. God said, Good. Thou has seen well. Thou has seen right. He now asked the second time. He said, Now, I will hasten my word to perform it. Which means, if you do not see it well, I can't, there is nothing I can do. Now that you have seen it, then I can perform it. What is it that you are seeing presently? I want you to just trust God this morning. Yes. Trust God this day. That my Lord and my God, I am just in your presence. I have focused on my uncle, focused on my aunt, and I've been mindful of those people and things around me. Even focusing on my pains. But now, Lord, I shift my focus. Yes. Is anybody here ready to shift his or focus? Shift your focus. They told Abraham, say, you know what? Just look up. Just look towards heaven. Don't look towards your bank account. Look towards heaven. Don't look towards your uncle. Don't look towards your sister. Don't look towards that um, surgeon. Don't look towards him. Look towards heaven. And heaven will attend unto your desire. Shall we arise, please? Oh, thank you, Jesus. Somebody needs to give him praise. If, 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 if not for you, if not for you, just for me, because I've just told you my story, where I was coming from, and how he got me to this place, that God deserves to be praised. That God deserves to be worshipped. He can bring someone out of nothing. And today, I'm standing before great men and great women. This is God for you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. Don't live yet. Don't live yet. There may be somebody here this morning or this afternoon who wants a special touch. Who wants a vision readjustment? You want a vision correction? I will want you to partake of the anointing and the grace that's upon Stephen's life. So if that's you, I just want you to, bring, want you to come to the front. Yeah. So you can pray for them. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. I don't want to be in such a hurry to, to miss the opportunity to bless people. 